Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Now will Purdue get a little conservative offensively? They have an eight-point lead with 3.52 to play. No, Colvin's going to shoot a three. Triple time! Miles Colvin says conservative, smurvative! Newton gives it in the right corner to Caravan. Time running out, got to shoot it. Alex fires, and he hit another one! Deshaun Jones, 40 seconds left. Sean Jones open three, good! Wow. He hit Dude, it! That's, that's big he there. Huge. Kicking off hour number three here on Herd Out Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me as well. Shane, do we have uh, John yet? He's here. Yes, he is. Oh, there he is. He's on the stream. Our guy, John Fanta. He covers college basketball on Fox Sports as well as contributes to the field of 68. John Fanta, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? It's great to be with you. Happy Thanksgiving week. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Is that a gamer chair? Are you, are you sitting in a chair meant for gaming? Welcome to Herd. I don't know. I, I, this, <laughs> I, I, my wife got it for me, and it's comfortable. I'm not, a, I'm not much of a uh, – I'm not a gamer these days, but I'll tell you what. This thing, this office chair is very comfy. I don't know what. Just looks like a gaming it chair. It does. The the most comfortable office chairs are gamer chairs, so I, I wouldn't okay. be surprised. But because uh, those, you know, those guys, they don't just sit there for eight hours a day. They sit there for, you know, they go on those like twenty four hour binges. So <laughs> you gotta you gotta be comfy in your chair there. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's my head I going squirrel say, on yeah, you, John. I don't, I don't, we got. <laughs> oh, I, I gotcha. Hey, we've all we've all been there. On I mean, I wish I was twelve and was doing the Madden tournament on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Amen. That's what I that's what I really want this week. Instead, you're what you're out at in new york city this week is that right yeah new jersey's home for me new okay Jersey's home for me so north jersey and uh yeah we're staying out here in jersey for for the thanksgiving holiday before i, I get back to it on black friday for uh what should be a doozy uh no uh between <laughs> UConn, and, uconn and manhattan on fs1 as the huskies look the park guys the rain national champions are not slowing down that's for sure yeah, John, and and that's not I wouldn't say surprising to me, but I, I did want to see it this year from UConn, right? Because they did lose some pretty key pieces. Um, obviously, Hawkins, uh, Jackson, you lose Sonogo as well. Those are three huge pieces to what they did last year. It seemed like people just kind of assumed that they'd be fine, and it looks like they are. But um, what have you seen from them that has that has backed up those assumptions? Well, I, I think there's a confidence factor. That's the first thing is that this group, Dan Hurley is is a very momentum based guy. He's got all the momentum in the world right now mm-hmm. and his team's playing with that. So much of this game right at this stage of the season, nor alone in March, but it's mental. You know, it's it's how you come out and set the tone. So UConn didn't need anybody to 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 get them to believe. They already believe when you win a national championship and the pieces that you have back played major roles on the team 
not as large as the role of Jordan Hawkins, Andre Jackson, and Adama Sanogo, but the fact is, guys, Alex Caravan's beyond his years. This mm-hmm. sophomore right now is playing like a seasoned vet, like a fourth or fifth year guy. He's a stretch four who last night had 20 points. Texas gets within four of UConn, and Caravan makes three straight shots. Donovan Klingon's beyond his years as well, but to me, what I what I think has stood out to me the most about Connecticut is how much of a jump Samson Johnson has taken. Mm. This is a guy, he's a junior uh, from the country of Togo, uh, has some ties with Adama Sonogo, Sonogo who is from Mali. Uh, they knew of each other well. There's a bit of a connection there. UConn clearly has a, a the kind of a recruiting side there, uh, bringing in those kids. And uh, they bring in Samson Johnson, and through the first two years of his career, he's been a non-factor. Mm-hmm. He played in 25 combined games. He might have averaged a bucket a game. Last night in the Empire Classic Championship game, I thought he won UConn the game. Mm-hmm. He had 15 points. He had seven rebounds. He had a couple of nasty dunks. What stands out to me the most about Connecticut is the player development. And the fact that I'll tell you guys a story. After the game, Dan Hurley told me, that while UConn was going on a national championship run, other college basketball teams, coaches, were contacting Samson Johnson trying to convince him to enter the transfer portal. Mm. Hurley and staff had to re-recruit Johnson as they're going for a national title. By re-recruiting him, he is now a really, really important piece to the reigning national champions. Confidence, player development, Roster retainment, very important to the whole formula. Right now in college hoops, if you have roster continuity, you've got gold. John, you mentioned being up in in Jersey. I'm sure you also wish you could be down in Maui, uh, you know, covering some uh, <laughs> some some really good college basketball oh, down there. You have you have the top four teams, right? Moving on to the semifinals. I mean, yeah. some really good basketball to come. You talk about roster continuity, even depth. One of the teams down there showed that their depth really matters this season, and that's Marquette. That is Marquette, and and last night they won a game that they might have lost seven or eight times out of ten. But when you've got belief, when you've won 29 games the year before, you fight. And you see Marquette won a Mick Cronin-style game in in their Maui Invitational opener. I thought that Sebastian Mack was terrific for UCLA, Lazar Stefanovic as well. You know, they, they didn't get uh, the the performance that I think they would have liked to get last night in Burke Boyuktunjel. Yes, that's the pronunciation of that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll trust you. I wasn't going to mess with it. <laughs> Boyuktunjel did not have a made field goal, but, but UCLA is better. Like, they're better than people are, are saying. They're good. They're, they're a good team. Rankings this time of year, guys, outside in the top eight to nine teams, they don't mean a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's trying to figure it out. Marquette had a lot of trouble figuring it out last night. And if David Joplin doesn't hit five threes, they're not even in the game. Yeah, He kept them in the game. And he takes over for Olivier Maxence Prosper. Being a stretch four in Marquette's system is really good because at some point a defense has to pick their poison. And you don't want Kolek to beat you. You don't want Oso Godaro to beat you, and we'll get to him in a second. So you got to pick your poison. Joplin gets open shots. He made them. Oso Godaro sparked the run. 
When UCLA goes up by 12, we're five minutes into the second half. UCLA's up by 12. How many times has Mick Cronin lost a 12-point lead? Not often. In the clock? <laughs> Not often. You could probably count Not it on often. both hands, yeah. Not often. Iguodaro had a dunk to start the run, had a dunk, a nasty dunk, to give Marquette the lead. And once that happened, they, they really just hung on and hung on. And, guys, they're down by one late, and Sean Jones, who's a sophomore, who hit one three on the entire season thus far, knocks down a cold-blooded triple <laughs> straight away. That is, that's guts, that's toughness, that is believing, that's culture. I mean, I got to tell you, if I'm Sean Jones, the majority of a player like that in college hoops is scared to take that shot and does not take it. He was wide open for good reason. If I'm UCLA and that's what's beating me, I'm, I'm taking it. <laughs> taking it him. on the chin. Credit to him. He stepped up and hit a gravy train of a three. You could make an argument that it's uh, irrational confidence, but it, it worked out for Marquette that time for sure. Plenty of games have been won on big stages from guys with irrational confidence, uh, so that certainly helped out Marquette there. Uh, sticking in the Big East real quick, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Creighton while we had you here. Um, as you've seen them through their first handful of games this year, um, better, worse, or about what you thought? About what I thought, and that's a really good team Yeah, uh, to, to a great team. And I, I want to see them shore some things up on the defensive end of the floor a little bit. I thought that defensively they struggled with Iowa, who's good on the offensive side. But I, I thought that Creighton, Creighton got to the point in the game, guys, where they went up double figures mm-hmm. I think early in that second half. But then I, I thought that they got a little bit complacent on the defensive end and allowed Iowa to sort of hang around. Now, here's the thing. You have to be harsh because you, you, I consider them a Final Four contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Really. So, But I like this team. I mean, and I, I got to tell you, I love this team. I mean, I, I think they can win the Big East. I think they can win the national championship, as we talked about in the preseason. And the reason for that is they have a, a first-round pick. And a guy that right now I would consider, I think he's got lottery upside. Yeah, you heard it. Trey, Trey Alexander. Alexander. Yep. Trey Alexander is playing like a national player of the year candidate. I mean, near triple-double last week. You see what what he did then. He followed it up with a 20.8 assist, 7 rebound performance against Texas Southern. I mean, the the guy's got 17 assists in his last two games. That's that's just terrific. Yeah. And, you know, this is also illustrative of fit. Stephen Ashworth knows that when he gives up the ball, he may not get it back, and he's okay with that. Trey Alexander in this offense is able to be the best version of himself. Mm -hmm. So as much as I think now looking back at it in retrospect, you can understand why Ryan Nemhard elected for a change in home. This is why Trey Alexander elected to stay at Creighton. Mm -hmm. He's never going to be in a better role on a team than he is right now at Creighton. And I got to give credit to Baylor Shireman because I think Baylor realizes that and Baylor embraces what he does well. They have a great awareness of who they are. And as they continue to get better, the other thing is, you know what? You know what it is I'll say is better than I thought? Their bench. Mm, yeah. Their bench is better than I thought. I, I didn't think this early their bench would be this good. Fred King against Iowa was extremely Incredible. encouraging. That's yeah. huge. 
That's huge for their upside. I, I want to see Isaac Trout continue to grow in his role. Fran Farabello is an X factor for this team. Mm-hmm. Creighton has all the pieces. Creighton has all the pieces, and it's why by the end of this week that they, in my mind, they will have won the Hall of Fame Classic here between Wednesday and Thursday. They're in Kansas City. They love playing there. They'll have a great crowd. Oklahoma State in the Big East Big 12 battle, they should win that game. I mean, it is very feasible that the Creighton Blue Jays go to Nebraska December 3rd as an undefeated team. What a script that would be for that game. John, well, speaking of undefeated teams, let's talk about the other state school, uh, the team that you predicted will go dancing, and it was your bold prediction, and that's Nebraska. You mentioned that game. Could Nebraska also be undefeated going into that game at Creighton for one? And two, is this what you expected out of Nebraska so early? Well, this is what I expected, and and frankly, they should have come out and won these games. Now, they beat a, a Stony Brook team that I had against St. John's, and they beat them by 21. They handled Oregon State. It was a bottom-end Pac-12 team, but you still have to win, and they did. Mm-hmm. So they've won back-to-back games by a final score of 84-63. to That means you're doing something right on both ends of the floor. <laughs> it's early, but there's a lot of teams that are having scares, right? Nebraska's not. Duquesne has improved, but Nebraska should be able to get through that game uh, and win. Cal State Fullerton, you're right. They're, that is a battle of unbeatens. Mm-hmm. That Creighton-Nebraska in basketball this year – uh, not that they're, they're playing volleyball and women's basketball. <laughs> they're, certainly not, they're certainly not playing in football. But but in but in basketball, uh, that is a, a battle of unbeatens waiting to happen. And I'll tell you what. I mean, for me, when I look at this team, Kese Tomonaga does a, a good amount for them. But what stands out to me is what Bryce Williams mm-hmm. and Rink Mast are doing. They've got a combined 27 assists through the first five games of the season, all right? And I think that for this team, for Tominaga and C.J. Wiltshire to both have uh, seven threes apiece, for Bryce Williams to be shooting it at the level he is, Bryce Williams is shooting 44% from three-point territory. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you what, guys, I like this team. I I think that that Fred Hoiberg now has a group that they understand who they are, They've got a lot of experience. That's never a bad thing to have. And, you know, as Jawan Gary continues to to get better as the year goes on, I mean, mm-hmm. 8 of 11 against Stony Brook, he had 19 points in that game. As I look at Nebraska, I see balance. I see a superstar in Tominaga. And I see a team that can do some damage in the Big Ten because when you've got old dudes – you, you're not faced by anything. And they're top 50 in Kempom offense and Kempom defense. Mm-hmm. That means that there's complementary play going on. Kempom can sometimes be thrown off early, but Nebraska's 45th in that metric. And I think they're going to continue to hang around there. And I see the Nebraska Cornhuskers dancing this year. I, I think that this team's being slept on nationally. But if you're in Nebraska – I'll tell you, you should be very excited. This could be a banner year in college hoops in the area. John, I want to stay in the Big Ten for a minute. You mentioned some teams that have had scares and some have that just taken outright losses. You know, I'm looking at like a Michigan State team that's taken a couple losses already. I'm looking at a Wisconsin team that's taken a couple losses already. Uh, And then you've got a team in Purdue that I've got a really interesting eye on because – 
of how their season went last year. It's not that I'm so much worried about how they're put together or how they've played this year, but those some of those teams in the Big Ten, are they what you thought they would be? How's the Big Ten shaping up early on in your mind? Well, I would say that if you're the Big Ten, it's, it's discouraging to see Michigan State struggle out of the gates, and now they have a big Thanksgiving Day game against Arizona. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna they're outmatched on paper in that game. So if they fall, if they suffer a third loss, yeah, they've tested themselves. But at some point, you got to break through and get a win. Yeah. Disappointments. Indiana. Indiana could have very well lost to Louisville last night. Now they hung on, but I'm not. I don't like Indiana very much. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have perimeter shooting. Outside of they, there's no perimeter shooting threat on that team. Yeah. There's none. You're Indiana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you not have a three-point shooter? I mean, it's clear that they don't have one. Wisconsin, that was a big result last night for them. They blew out Virginia. Mm-hmm. They didn't Couldn't beat agree Virginia. It. They Couldn't blew them out. That's more like it for Wisconsin. Michigan, I want to give them their flowers. I was extremely impressed with them against St. John's. And what do they do? They lose to Long Beach State. <laughs> They overlooked him for Memphis. That's not good. Now, Long Beach State won't kill you. Long Beach State looks like they're going to be one of the better teams in their league. But still, Michigan has a massive game against Memphis on Wednesday. You know, Purdue has a huge game today against Tennessee for the sake of the Big Ten. The Big Ten really could use that game. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to be stuck saying, like, the problem with the Big Ten is, outside of Purdue, who's a national title contender in that league? Illinois. Had an opportunity against Marquette at home, pretty flaky in that one, inconsistent on that uh, on on both ends of the floor. Iowa's great offensively, but not good defensively. Ohio State, I still think, could be an X factor to this league. You know, it's it's early, but I like what Chris Holtman has going. But that's why I'm kind of bullish, guys, on Nebraska mm. because Nebraska is the Big Ten's most experienced team. Yeah. And this league is is not, I mean, is this league great? It's not great. It's solid to mm-hmm. good. Could it accumulate six six NCAA tournament bids? Yes. Of course, when you have 14 teams in your league, you better be able to get five <laughs> or six in a 68-team tournament. So I like, I I think that the league, is it in a nightmare mode? No, no, It's it's too early to say that. I'm not ready to like write anything off or say this or say, but I do. I am concerned. I, I Michigan State's poor start is is rough, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, like right now, if Michigan State didn't have their name brand, I don't think they would be ranked. No, they are. Yeah, they not are. at all. No, but outside of the, you have two ranked teams in this league, two. Yeah. Interesting. That's a yeah. It, it certainly appears to be a down year for uh, for the Big Ten um, on a national scale. You mentioned some of those uh, some of the Maui games. You mentioned uh, Purdue and Tennessee. Is there? Uh, I don't know. You're in in New York. Are there games this weekend? What are the games that you're looking forward to most this weekend? Just from a matchup standpoint. Well, it's today. This is the best multi-team event semifinal lineup that we've ever seen in college basketball. Hands down. Ever. Mm-hmm. ever. At 8 o'clock, you get number two Purdue, number seven Tennessee. Braden Smith on one side, 
Zakai Ziegler back from his ACL injury on the other. Dalton Connect for Tennessee, really leading them as a stretch four. Zach Eady for Purdue. Can Purdue generate enough on the perimeter? Can Tennessee generate enough on the perimeter? I'm fascinated to see how Rick Barnes handles Zach Eady defensively and what they do, what their approach is. My approach is if Eady gets 30, that's fine. <laughs> Cut off the pieces on the perimeter. Cut off those three-point shooters. If Purdue's knocking down threes, they win this game. It's a toss-up. I like, I'm like. i going to give Braden Smith and Purdue a slight edge to win. The other game is number one, Kansas versus number four, Marquette. Mm-hmm. That's what Kansas, I'm excited about. I can't wait. Kansas has not... Kansas will not guard Marquette the way that UCLA guarded Marquette. Mm -hmm. That was a particularly difficult test for Marquette in terms of what UCLA presented defensively. Kansas and Marquette match up really well with each other. Kansas has to do the same thing. They've got to feed Hunter Dickinson. Try to get a Godaro in some foul trouble. Mm -hmm. But there is a big thing in this game, okay? Marquette has more three-point shooting than Kansas. Mm-hmm. Kansas, if Dewan Harris isn't making threes, Kansas doesn't have great perimeter threats. I'm going to give the slight edge to Kansas. You know why? Because of how much Marquette had to, had to do last night to win. And Kansas got to play Chaminade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that makes a difference tonight. Yeah, I really do. But guys... I don't think Kansas rolls to some blowout win. I'd be surprised. Marquette's got to play looser. They played way too tight last night, and they need Cam Jones to get going. If Cam Jones and Tyler Kolick are going for Marquette, Marquette's going to knock off number one tonight. Oof, because love Because their backcourt's better than Kansas's. Mm-hmm. I know that might be hard for some people to believe, but I'm telling you right now, no, I think, Marquette's, yeah. got, Marquette's got better guards than Kansas. Yeah. John, uh, we got about... Two minutes and 30 seconds here before we have to let you go. One team I wanted to get to is USC, um, and it's because they have a really young, talented roster, but they also have a, a popular name returning <laughs> here soon in Bronny James. What do you make of his remarkable recovery? What do you think he can be at USC, and where do you think USC can go this season with him back in their starting five? Well, I think that for Bronny, look, he he is – a winning high IQ type of player who gets it done on both ends. He values what to do defensively. Mm -hmm. He's a good passer. He's a good playmaker. The jump shot is an area that needs to continue to grow. But I think that Bronny's stock has continually risen because when he's on the floor, positive things happen in the recruiting circuit. And he can put the ball on the floor and handle it. Uh, he He understands how to play in an offense, any defense. He's not a liability on that end. But, but, I want people to temper their expectations. (laughs) Temper their expectations. This is a guy who's who's probably the the third or fourth best player on this team. Mm -hmm. All right? He is not the best player on USC. USC has two players that are clearly the best in Boogie Ellis and Isaiah Collier. Mm -hmm. USC, what can they be? They could be a Sweet 16 type of team. Uh, Am I buying them to be further than that? Honestly, I'm not. uh, Because... This is a team that I'm, I'm uncertain about on the interior. And maybe they will, they will prove me wrong. But you know, I, I want to see Harrison Ornery, the junior from Australia, continue to 
to get better for this team. Uh, he had nine rebounds in their last game against Brown. I want to see Joshua Morgan step up. But, guys, they don't have a lot of ways they can score the ball easily in the interior. If it's not Ellis or Collier for this team right now, Kobe Johnson's solid. Uh, they, you know, they, they have uh, they have a couple of interesting pieces. They got DJ Rodman from Washington State, Dennis's son. Uh, he did not play in the last game, but like they have some interesting pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost Reese Dixon Waters uh, in the off season to San Diego State, but I tell you what, I I like this team. I think Bronny expectations has to be tempered a little bit, but with with Collier and Ellis, you're going to have the as two guards that are as good, if not better, than any other matchup in the country. And we all know it's a guards game. But in this version of college basketball, you've got to be able to post and, and score uh, because it's big men rule in this sport now. Mm-hmm. USC has bodies. They don't have a great offensive weapon from 15 feet and in. We'll see if that changes and if it evolves. They have an interesting game against an unbeaten Seton Hall team on Thanksgiving night. That they do. Seton Hall, Seton Hall could be a Big East sleeper. Kadari Richmond is playing very, very well. John Fanta, that's the GOAT. Always a pleasure. On college basketball on Fox. Also contributes to the Field 68. John, we appreciate your time as always. We'll talk to you again soon. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Same Store to you. on those mashed potatoes. <laughs> you too, buddy. I'll fill them all up. More Herd Ad Sports Radio coming up next. <laughs>